Hi there. You've heard us talk about our Patreon a lot, but something that happens as a result of that is we create new content that goes to Patreon backers first, but then lands on our store for people to buy a little bit later. Uh, there's plenty of extra duck feed shows that you probably haven't heard, episodes, hours and hours of content that you can get by going to duckfeed.tv slash store. Uh, from premium episodes of Abject Suffering, our comedy show about bad games, to uh, episodes of Try This, a show about recommending media to each other, where we've talked about things like Game of Thrones, Akewood, the Gunslinger comics, any of those. Um, uh, all the way to, uh, like, say, Adaptation Decay, where we talk about uh, good and or bad video game movies, uh, efforts to take video games into different media. All of those can be found at duckfeed.tv slash store. Go there. Check that stuff out. We would love for you to hear that stuff. Thank you. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. You're noticing the bonfire side chat. It is a hyper light favorite. <laughs> and this week we are continuing our discussion of Hyper Light Drifter, a 2016 indie game um, <laughs> for our Souls-like off-season. Uh, uh, talking through uh, kind of the remaining three areas of the game and the final boss and wrapping everything up. Last time we talked about the generalities. Go back and listen to that because it took up most of the episode and it's pretty important to some of the stuff we're going to talk about here. Yes. Yeah. In general, with any multi-part things, uh, don't start in the middle. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get right <laughs> to it. Um, starting with the... Uh, so I actually went east next. Uh, Cole went west, but I can talk about the west. Yeah. But some of our experiences will be different because by the time I got to the West, I was further upgraded. And by the time you got to the East, you were further upgraded. Yeah. The West quickly kind of turns into this purple forest that has this um, kind of crystal corruption uh, uh, laying over these green energy crystals. This was... Um, actually uh, originally inhabited by uh, raccoons uh, who in their fight with these titans that we found uh, kind of uh, scattered all over the land in their fight they supercharged their weapons and as a result uh, kind of caused these crystals to start spreading and boy is this scary not scary but like upsetting come on buddy the other person like come yeah. on X-Crank you yeah, can do yeah, better than yeah. that no no I mean so, <laughs> so scary no definitely not uh, but like the idea it's a little spooky like yeah yeah i mean like you see these bodies that are just completely completely grown over by these uh by these emeralds you have the uh you have these guys with uh crystal corruption on the back of them you know as they're as mm -hmm. they're going it's uh you know it, it, it is a very souls like you know theme here right yeah yeah i, re I really like running into the guys that are uh corrupted because they do a couple like there's no consequence to this but they do a couple little base little tiny morality tests where there will be guys who are encapsulated with crystals, uh, and the easiest way would be to slice through them, mm -hmm. uh, or you can find another way to get around them. Yeah. Uh, in order not to, you know, maybe they're still alive in there. Maybe, you know, we don't 
you know, I, I, I more or less went through this game knowing nothing about what was actually <laughs> happening. I just knew, you know, I knew what they tell you right at the beginning. Like what, when you talk to the little, the person who gives you the, uh, the little intro thing that tells you that backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I knew that part, mm-hmm. um, but that, that's really all I knew. Yeah. Um, and you already know something's bad or something bad's going on when you first head this way, because this is uh, a high skull per capita <laughs> kind of area. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to you know more, it's it's which, way more than the one to one, which is pretty usually, funny because I think like per capita could could also be could also be called per head. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but no, they're just uh, they just got skull piles lying around. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like a hoarder home, except instead of newspapers from the eighties, it is raccoon heads uh, that are yes. uh, that, that that are floating around. Um, not floating, uh, laying around and you have to mm-hmm. kind of power through them in order to get your little, uh, your, your little health bits and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of make your way and all these two, they, every one of these areas we didn't really talk about in the last episode, but it has kind of a little precursor zone that tells you kind of the tone before you get to the teleporter yeah. that's in the middle. And that's going to be your actual hub within this, this branch. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is that like, area on your way to get there. Yeah. Um, once you get there, there's a couple different gimmicks we're going to talk about that, uh, are here, uh, specifically these, um, these spike strips on the ground, um, that again, they feel, they feel very gamey to me. It's yeah. very weird. Um, where there's like these sections of ground that have little bits of crystal. And if you stand on them, crystals grow and hurt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I like, so this, if this was sold as like, Hey, they're just waiting for a host to grow up and over. Yes. Fine. They articulate like Indiana Jones, uh, spear traps. Yes, that uh, that, that, yeah, that pop up again. It's area denial, and the, the, it's not like um, you can get uh, encapsulated in a crystal. Yes, in this game, um, in this area, which is really cool when it happens, but it doesn't do very much. I would have much liked this as you know they were waiting for that host, and had that been the consequence, yeah, rather than just getting damaged. I think that would have been pretty neat, and then it would have been, uh, hey, these are going to hold you in place while you deal with other things. Yeah. Instead, they kind of end up being kind of sense fortress. You just kind of trap things. Yeah. For the um, most part. There, there, there are some fun uh, scenes with this, too, where like some of the little goblin enemies will charge at you um, and they'll 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 charge like headfirst into some of these. Like, yeah, pretty early on when you're trying to deal with them, you understand, hey, they work against the other people, too. Yeah. And that, that's actually uh, depending on which way you go through it, because this area is actually pretty maze like yeah. um, that can be the first way you first time you see them. Mm-hmm. And that can be really useful. Yeah. Um, let's talk about those fucking wolves, man. <laughs> those dogs. Uh, so again, these I have a real are hard time with these dogs. Yeah, <laughs> there's dogs. They're, there's something about their animation or the, uh, the the anticipation on their charge that uh, that doesn't work for me. Also, uh, the, uh, the 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 fact that there are so many of them that are introduced at once. They they really hoard you. They, there's like weird little monster spawners. Every once in a while, there'll be a section of woods where just like, well, here's 30 dogs that come out of it. Maybe not 30, but like here's 10 dogs that come out of it. Yeah. And uh, they, these got real, real, real tricky to me um, and would be a real drain on my, my Estes. Because if you miss one of them, if they do the charge and you don't hit it, while you're dealing with other ones, they will kind of rally to come around the other way yeah. uh, from behind you. And uh, they don't really slow down. Like they don't, you know have kind of a, a place to, to stop and kind of parry their, their charge yeah. or whatever. If you don't get it on the first run, yeah, they're a little bit like the crows. I mean, they're, they're like the crow analog yeah, for this yeah. area uh, or the dive bombing uh, birds, but uh, I found them more frustrating. Yeah. Um, and they're often like thrown at you in these very tight areas that are uh, very poorly lit as well. Like one of the, <laughs> one of the node paths is this underground cave where they can just kind of sneak up on you or get behind you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, kind of the other uh, varsity level enemy here are these um, uh, raccoon knights. Uh, again, they've got the crystals growing on them um, who attack you with these halberds. And uh, these are the uh, kind of similar to uh, some of the like the big charging mammal guys up north. They will uh, do these charges and they're often kind of mixed up with these sniping goblins as well. Yes. Yeah. And again, it's it's kind of cool. Like I like fighting the knights, um, but it does articulate the exact same way as the giant beast. Yeah. They're going to pause a second, charge forward. You dodge out of the way and hit them twice and move out of the way. And yeah. that's kind of how you deal with all of them. I, they, they mix it up with the snipers. They mix it up with different numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this is the first kind of like repeated enemy we run into yeah. where they look different but accomplish the, the same function. Mm-hmm. The uh, the first half of this area is mostly above ground in this, uh, in this forest maze. Um, and they work the arenas in by kind of locking you in with crystal walls that will grow up and will not uh, go away until you defeat every wave of enemies. Yeah. Um, the crystals will actually regenerate the normal kind of environmental ones that hang around, mm-hmm. which means that it is uh, – it made me think – you know, again, I, I always hesitate to um, ascribe tutorializing to a game that lets you be nonlinear. But um, it seemed like if it were trying to teach a lesson, it would be uh, about recharging your gun during off time mm. um, because you can do it kind of infinitely here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, depending on when you come here and what you have – like I had the shotgun from going out east – um and used it a lot like it was great for those wolves you know you could wait for them to kind of get close and you have this widespread so yeah. you're very unlikely to miss um and really took advantage of that like i didn't stay in farm but the fact mm-hmm. there's always crystals and they come back on my way back through meant uh, i kind of kept up a, a full a full uh clip yeah who knows uh, again who knows if that was intentional but it works pretty well in this area because you're not dealing with an awful lot of projectile reliant enemies other than the snipers um, yeah. who are just kind of mixed in very, uh, you know, haphazardly or, you know, very occasionally. So you can kind of rule the roost by being the person who has all the projectiles in an equation. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So like eventually you get into this city, which acts as your, uh, acts as your, your, your hub here. Um, and this has, you know, again, some very beautiful art. It needs to be reiterated here. Like this is a fucking gorgeous area. Um, yeah. And even the city that is, you know, overgrown with, uh, with with these crystals has that awesome, you know, ruined beauty uh, kind of feel to it. The majority of the nodes that you're going to find are in this kind of prison complex that ends up being below the city and kind of extending out um, into the woods below the uh, below your below your teleportation hub. Um, and this is kind of a place that is riddled with these cells that are full of full of people. I don't know exactly what was going on here other than they had some kind of revolt and tamped it down. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's um, I, I have no idea. I like the way the prison actually articulates gameplay wise. Yeah, yeah. Where you can, um, you know, sometimes there'll be a treasure or something you maybe want in the cell, but opening it frees a bunch of goblins. <laughs> yeah. And that I, I like that. Kind of risk reward. Um, actually, there's some cells you can't get into until you get a key that I never actually got. Yeah. So some yeah. of the stuff I didn't explore. Um, you know, the idea of like because you can teleport around, and this is a very Dark Souls s problem. Like, other than kind of doing cleanup to get some more nodes, like I didn't do a lot of backtracking or revisiting areas mm-hmm. in this game. Like because I just didn't have to. Like the checkpointing and the teleporting around meant that I didn't need to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a couple like very very small bits of like Dark Souls s kind of shortcut things where you loop back to where you were. Yeah. To kind of prevent that. So, like, it just, you know, I, I in my mind, I was like, oh, I don't have uh, that key yet. I could come back. And then it's like, well, what could I get? 
You know, like I, I don't, uh, I don't really need, you know, getting two more, getting half a battery or getting a healing item or another node at this point is unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. So it's there for people who are um, completionist or people who want to uh, get access to some of those costumes um, that you may be yeah. able to, uh, may be able to, may be able to go for. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. So this area also introduces, um, uh, oh gosh, invisible bridges that are kind of over there. I don't particularly care for these because you can almost always only find them by accident. I think um, they're bad. Yeah. Like, uh, they, I don't know if they're, um, introduced here because there's, there's, as far as I know, they're in every area. Yeah. I think that we maybe, maybe miss them cause they're hidden. Yeah. Um, yeah. your little, your little option buddy will come and, and grab, grab them oh, um, for you and show you that they're at, if you get close enough, they'll, okay. it'll kind of float above them. Yeah. Um, but the issue is, uh, they won't do it on the way back, which is very weird. Like you, you'll take this invisible bridge to a hidden Island with some treasure <laughs> on your way back. Your little guy won't grab the thing. So like in this area, I ended up just kind of drifting out into nothingness, trying to remember where the bridge was. Mm-hmm. And then when you land on it, it will highlight all the individual steps. Yeah. Yeah. They'll like light uh, up underneath you. Hey, just remember where yeah. they're at thinking, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to keep our knives sharp, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Knives out. Um, yeah, the, the best song from the Ancient City soundtrack. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't really like them either. Uh, yeah. I don't, I mean, I didn't, you know, oh, you like them in Dark Souls? Not really. No, like, I, I also don't, I don't love them in Dark Souls either. I think that they're kind of like <laughs> arbitrary and, and silly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and mostly what's on the other side of them, if it's not leading you to a module, again, you're kind of following your vague map uh, to find them. Uh, it's just more upgrade kind of stuff, which is useful and good if you're on the right part of the power curve on the way to it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's hard to, like, call it any particular um, any particular arenas here because, again, we've we've talked about the component parts and the ways that they interact are very hard to communicate just by describing them. Yeah, I mean, you move kind of from encounter to encounter. Um, this one's a little bit more maze-like. Yes. You know, this is a little bit more about finding these little hidden paths yeah. in the woods or behind buildings and stuff like that in this this ruined city and prison area uh, that you're in. But there's not a whole lot to the kind of moment-to-moment flow right. other than those new elements that are introduced. Yeah, um, We run into Pink Ranger again, who uh, tells you his little story. And this time about fighting the swamp worm. Yeah. He did. I want to fight this swamp worm, man. I was surprised. It was like a real checkoff swamp worm. Yeah. At point. I was like, oh, I'm going to fight a swamp worm at the end of this. <laughs> but no, he defeated the swamp worm, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm not quite sure. At one point, he's glowing, and then at one point, the other one's glowing. I'm, but yeah. I, I don't know really what's going on with that either. The Midgar is yeah. all and lives. The, um, <laughs> but I, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but eventually, you make your way through this again uh, through prisons and stuff. It is takes more time than we're, we're really giving it. Yes credit for and there are a couple of like individual encounters in here that are actually kind of good mostly revolving around kind of traps or situations where there are like ambushes or areas of crystal you can get behind their secrets that don't seem like you can but everything is kind of leading to this uh, really fun boss fight i love the hanged man gary Yeah, I mean, as I, mean, I said, I like, like all the boss the, fights. The, like, they're all really good, but this one, it feels very dually to me. It, it's very dually. Um, the one thing I will say is that his uh, his kind of combo move that mm-hmm. he has, his like multiple charge thing, 
is like pretty like pretty punishing if you don't have the upgrade that lets you dash multiple times hmm. because he can do it. So it doesn't feel like I really enjoyed fighting this guy, but I recognized during it that I was like, man, I can only really do this because I can dash multiple times. Yeah. If I came to this first, like I would just kind of be fucked. Yeah. You know? yeah. How, how would I get away? Like you, you just wouldn't. I suppose that's you know? right because I came here second and that multiple dash per your advice was one of the first things that I grabbed. So it just, again, it's, it's one of those rough edges that just kind of speaks to like a, a weird kind of inelegance to the game yeah. or like just, you know, all those verbs maybe should have been there from the first place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, and you know, maybe the ability to reflect projectiles changes other fights in a way that that one, you know, like in a similar way, like it's, it's hard not to feel it with that, with that combo pattern, because like most of the time, unless you're overwhelmed with a bunch of dudes, you know, dodging these charges is not that big of a deal. But like to yeah. actually not have the verb that lets you that, that lets you match him move for move, it's a little much, probably. I, th- I think so. I think yeah. it's, it's it's a little punishing to get out of his way with one dodge. We actually forgot about um, an enemy in this area, the crystal golems. Oh, should I forget? Yeah. Show up. Yep. Um, um, I like those things. I think it's a very successful large enemy, more so than the uh, the beasts that dodge, because you actually have to approach them differently. Mm-hmm. Like they, 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 I think this is a tactically sound kind of enemy because they. Uh, they kind of tromp around um, and eventually create these AOEs around themselves that sometimes will send uh, lines of shards out at you. Mm-hmm. But they don't have like a melee attack when you're close to them. So it's about uh, they have tons of health. So you have to get yeah. in and chip away at them and know when to pull back. Um, so you fight them in like a different way. They feel very different than fighting other enemies in this game. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up really liking those guys. Yep. Sorry, I forgot to put them in the notes. Oh, it's okay. I just uh, remembered it because I was reading ahead to see uh, what happens to our hanged man, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what else does the hanged man do? Uh, so the hanged man has that combo. Um, in addition to that, he has uh, kind of this spread where he will put the uh, you know put his halberd in the ground and uh, you know make uh, crystals appear in like a star pattern uh, spreading out and also lobbing these en- energy orbs at you. So if you come at him with the ability to reflect those energy orbs and the ability to dodge around, like you have a counter for most everything that he does. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good fight. He's very aggressive too. Yeah, compared to like he moves towards you a lot. He gets up in your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so than other the other fights we've had. Yeah. So the, so the like like the effect is you kind of chase him around until you know the the dash timer or whatever runs out and he decides to do these little area denial things and that gets you into a position where you can get a couple of free hits in. Yeah. 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 Yep. When you kill him, I love his death animation because the crystal that is kind of right, you know, riding along on his back spreads around and, you know, brutes him to the ground and he splits in half. So, well, shit, the the raccoon king's dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, all hail the raccoon king. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm so sad about him. The... Uh... <laughs> Oh, there's, the, uh, there's pathos to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's kind of some pathos to it. I had a hard time caring about anything in this world, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at least for me. Um, but he splits in half. It's really cool. This one has a long kind of tail after the boss. Yeah. Um, after the pillar, and we didn't mention last time. After you activate the pillar, you get a little cutscene of your guy dying from the uh, the black, like you know, tech monster. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in various like gruesome ways, like sometimes it rips you in half, sometimes it kind of like drowns you, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens here. And then there's, again, like a long tail. You kind of move through a long area. They introduce these, these little, like, these little bite enemies that kind of come. You know what I'm talking about? It's in the black area here, yeah, the dark area. Yeah, yeah, there we go. They show up in the uh, south, too. 
Yeah, yeah. they're because they're, they're cross pollinated and they're just like little annoying twerps. But you're doing this kind of platforming section in the dark mm-hmm. um, that uh, these guys will kind of ambush you when you land on a new platform. Um, and there is, uh, you know, knockback and a little bit of movement that happens. They're very, very narrow platforms. Yeah. And oh. if you use your gun to try to, you know, hit them to create your landing zone mm-hmm. um, or use your sword, you'll kind of shut yourself backwards and fall off. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about the, uh, the 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 dark platforming, but yes, it, it like that is in the uh, interstitial between the boss and the and the monolith here. Yeah, yeah, but you know, not not uh, not my fave. So let's go over to where you went second, but I went third, yes. uh, the east section, which is this incredibly pleasant, well-lit lake. But, per- which I love it because it's very beautiful. And then there are like just corpses floating in the, <laughs> the water. Yeah. And so-, so, so you're going along like this is uh, like, like a swamp town. This is like Angkor Wat. This is, uh, is uh, Isolith in its prime. Almost mm-hmm. right. Um, it's like oh, you know, lily pads and little stepping stones, and oh, there's the color a, there's palette a of this area looks like Titan Souls to me. Yeah, is yeah. what I reminded me of. Yeah, um, a lot of this feels a little bit like Titan Souls. Um, a little bit, like yeah, at least graphically, like yeah. some of the color choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but this place originally inhabited by the otters before the frogs rose up and took over. Um, you'll recall this from the seventy fifth Redwall book. Yeah, <laughs> just help. <laughs> help, I'm running out of animals. Of that book. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else to do. Um, um, I mean, like, I don't I don't mind if things are animals, but it does, like, the fact that they are frog ninjas does make this less cool to me. I, I can't necessarily explain what it is, but, like, the fact that these are all animal people does, <laughs> does like, feels weirdly totally inconsistent with the Titans and, like, tech virus. Yeah, yeah. To me, it, like, it, it does, it does under, thing. it undercuts the, uh, the, 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 the tragedy of what happens, uh, you know, like, we're in these ruins, but we also have pink frogs that are throwing ninja stars. I think the ninja stars is what actually bugs the me The ninja about stars it. are a big, the ninja stars in the rice paddy hat is a really big part of it. Yeah. Like, the fact that they have this very, very earthly kind of signifiers. Yeah, yeah to them like there's just not enough like so much of this game is so beautiful and alien until like a talking bird shows up and then it just becomes you know red wally yeah. you know in this weird like in i don't know like it, it doesn't that part of it doesn't really work for me i talk about the individual enemy designs and that kind of stuff not being my favorite like they're beautifully animated they're beautifully colored and kind of rendered but they're not what they actually are is a big reason why there's a failure to like tug my heartstrings in this game yeah like i like a peaceful frog people but to me like <laughs> If if in a in a human world where you come across a peaceful frog village, like that would be more meaningful than like it's just a world of animals and these are the frogs and these are the the raccoons and these are the you know birds like that yeah. makes it just seem a little sillier and kiddier to me yeah. that in a way that doesn't really work. So yeah, like in the last episode when I was laughing and saying oh yeah it's kind of awesome like it is like just looking at the thing as a thing and like la- la- like laughing at the ridiculousness of the thing it doesn't square away with the surroundings of it. You know? Yeah, like especially the frogs. I would say that the, the b-boy skeleton, the b-boy uh, birds, b-boy skeletons. I'm good. With. <laughs> no, we're fine. Yeah, just put those yeah, anywhere. They, they, they're part of it. Um, but the, uh, the, <laughs> just scatter those things around like Parmesan cheese. Yes. Can't go wrong. The, <laughs> no. the b-boy, b-boy birds. Uh, you know, they, they're just kind of wearing a cloak, so it's not maybe not as big of a thing. But this is like just very. 
Like they're, they're frog ninjas. Like it's just, it is, you know, they, they there's, explicitly there's, throw ninja stars. There, there's, there's very little, there, there, there's no real other way to, to read that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Bones me out. Yeah. But you know, it, they're fun fights. Like they're very fast. They leap around the, 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 their, uh, their spread shot on the, on the shurikens is, is pretty good. It's just the theming. That's a little bit, uh, a little bit jarring. Let's say it, yeah. it, it interrupts the pattern. Well, then those bandit frogs that throw the uh, bullet hell, like, five-way shot bomb things. Yeah, yeah. Mixed with it. So this is the, the most bullet hell area up until Turret Palooza <laughs> down to the south. And this is uh, – those things mixed up together. This was my first run of the game. I played on normal before they patched in iframes and went here, and that's when I, like, oh, quit. Oh, jeez. Like, ah, yeah, this. no, that's a bit um, much. Like, we'll do this for the show, and I don't, I don't like this enough to play it twice. Like, I'll muscle through for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, again, they made those changes, and I actually – I feel like I, I'm – we're probably both coming out a little bit more negatively than I actually, at least I actually am on the game. Mm-hmm. Like this is like a solid B plus to me. Like I had a lot of fun with it. It's very beautiful. Yeah. I just, it is jank. Like there's some, some, some jank and some rough edges that I think yeah. are worth talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just places where it doesn't hang together. Like, you know, as we were talking about last episode, it's mostly the meta stuff, um, you know, in between these, these little scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Which are, and, and most of the time are fun. Like yeah. sometimes that some of these arenas are too much and it's like a, real pain in the dick and i'm like this this sucks and i should start with bless at the beginning of this yeah and this is just uh you know i'm too zoomed in to do these dodges mm-hmm. uh you know things like literally these little little problems with that and then uh but other times they're they're great and fun yeah yeah so i mean like <laughs> don't take us being critical of saying this is that this is not worth playing what we're doing is bitching about a pebble in our shoe yeah yeah and there's a lot of pebbles yeah. in a very nice shoe like a very beautiful beautiful <laughs> shoe yeah those weird art people that collect shoes. shoes. <laughs> yeah, those people everybody knows. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like people collect, like, oh, this is a limited edition Nike shoe that's like three thousand dollars. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, I, it just looks like a shoe to me, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, <so>, okay. <laughs> I'm happy. You're happy. Yeah. Um, this uh, the way this uh, area, at the very least, the way it articulates hidden places is different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so much about pushing through foliage or uh, going around cliff walls and stuff. It's more about um, like, oh, hey, there's a boat like just at the edge of my leap distance. Yeah. And when you jump to that boat, you can now get to another shore that has hidden stuff. Yeah. Or like there's a, there's a very tiny piece of like rock cropping up, you know, yeah. right, right, right at the edge of that. And also uh, the doors kind of uh, blend into the, to the architecture a little bit more. Um, yeah. So there were a couple of times where like I was just walking past the place where I needed to go and I just needed to acclimate to the way that those, uh, those were signaled. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, there's an NPC who gives you a, a, um, an image of the boss showing you this cyber frog, this, uh, this transplant from a uh, blaster master, um, that, uh, that is kind of acting as a tyrant over this entire place as you get into the city and then eventually, you know, get to your, get to your area. The, um, the, the, the toughest enemies, at least for me in this place were these, um, let's say Venus fly trap bowls that would charge at you. Yeah, whatever these plant plant things are. Um, again, they articulate the same way anything that waits a second <laughs> then charges at you. Yeah. Um, so it, it didn't feel that differently to me, but the, what they are actually mixed up with is it made it different. Yeah, so they're they're mixed up with uh, again more of these snipers, more of just these regular rank and file goblins. Well, the ex- exploding plant things were the big thing for me, like the yes. grenade things. Yeah, grenade the grenades. Yeah, the grenade things. Um, and these guys, it stuck out worse for me. I don't know if it's actually any different. Um, how much health they had versus how much damage they would do to me. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, I di- I didn't I didn't love those those guys either. I yeah. just feel like they're not 
they weren't that much harder than anything else that charges at me in this game. Yeah. Some of the arenas are smaller. When you first go to the first underground area, um, the first time you run into these guys, actually, it's a very small arena because the, mm-hmm. the walls actually open up, but they're not flush with the sides of the screen. Yeah, yeah. You probably have something like 75% of your normal screen uh, to take care of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, and they just say that they love mixing these guys in. Yeah. As they yeah. do. Um, so as you're going up and down, and again, you just have this mix between above ground and below ground, um, you see the remains of the Titan kind of sticking uh, uh, sticking up uh, from the marsh. Which, again, mm-hmm. uh, you end up navigating around it. Very cool. Very affecting. Uh, don't know what it means. For sure, anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, I love it. I mean, they build stuff around it, which is really cool. Like, it's a, <laughs> it's a, a great image. And the music, there's always a music sting. Like, as much as I said, the music doesn't really work for me. There's always a cool music sting when the camera pans over to show one of these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that actually is, like, really cool and affecting. It's, like, the sound effect stuff I like in the game. Yeah. You know, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you're going, you know, above ground and below ground, uh, mostly below ground in this like kind of cyber complex to fight cyber, <laughs> cyber frogs, um, <laughs> cyber ninja frogs, uh, kind of going through this is where the, this is where I bounced off the first time I played. So there's two, you know, there's that first arena with the bowl plants. There's another one up above, uh, kind of the upper left, upper left of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another arena you run into that like maybe tear my hair out. So mm-hmm. this is the one I have the most like memories of being very hard, even though that was just from playing on hard mode with no upgrades. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit more upgraded by the time I got here and you were much more upgraded. Yeah. So, yep. Um, they also introduced these environmental hazards. So there are two of them. Uh, there are different kinds of turrets. There are dragon, uh, turrets that will, uh, uh spit flame, uh, kind of in mm-hmm. intervals. So you have to, uh, kind of dodge past them in their patterns. Um, in addition to, instead of having disappearing floors, they have floors that, uh, are uh, littered with little flamethrowers and they will um, you, you can be on them for just a moment before they uh, damage you and they really love uh, making you work for your upgrade points by chain dashing across them i hate these things yeah me too like i hate i hate the section the very specific thing where you're going from uh platform to platform yeah that's on fire because you uh you run out of stamina mm-hmm. like you, you're like going to get hit you're going to take some damage yeah here you can't uh you know you have to go through it's like a grid of four by maybe six of these things uh, like uh, vertically mm-hmm. and there are walls between them as well so you can't just make a beeline right for the thing you have to kind of navigate this maze but you just don't have the stamina for it mm-hmm. i have no, I, like literally have no idea how you're supposed to get to that upgrade right i tried a lot me too uh and and i just i was just like fuck this like man like is this you know if the idea is I'm supposed to feel really cool when I do this, I do not feel cool <laughs> pausing to get set on fire and heal through it and hope that my Estus lasts until I get to the end of it. <laughs> yep. You know, the, and like the like the solution to it is to oh hey just master the timing of these chain uh, of these chain runs. Yeah. But yeah. you know that is it's it feels very finicky. I never quite got because like the timing accelerates. You have to do it like very slow at first, you know, and you know so you don't uh, kind of like double dash on the same move. And then like once you get to a certain point beyond a certain number of dashes, it's just a consistent rhythm. But like getting up to that point and breaking that plane was very difficult for me, and I never quite managed to do it while also making sure that I only dashed in the right directions. And it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Like you get, you get one fourth of an upgrade. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's like, you'll get get enough there. Even the, that dashing in the right directions thing is tough too. Like when you're on a big open play field mm-hmm. um, and it does, you don't need that precision, but I, I found it very difficult to like dash in a 90 degree, you know, a cardinal way. Yeah. Yeah. 
in this game. Um, and it's just that's just analog controllers. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the precision needed while under that pressure like and i get it's an optional treasure pickup so it can be hard but yeah i found this very frustrating and there are parts of the level you have to navigate that are similar to this mm-hmm. they're not for an optional treasure yeah and i also found a little bit frustrating yeah um yeah. eventually you know so you, you're picking up picking up nodes grabbing <laughs> nodes you get uh, you get your nodes uh, and you can make your way up to the boss of this area up kind of up top which is a uh, the emperor This is the aforementioned techno frog. Yeah, large frog sent you. <laughs> uh. Yep. Um, and uh, this is a relatively easy boss because he's very, uh, very un- ungainly um, the, w- yes. w- with the way that he goes. So gigantic frog, he has uh, kind of like a, a half cano face a little bit. And his primary attacks are to spit jars at you, which makes us feel very um, 8-bit themed uh, a little bit. Yeah. But he also uh, spits up little exploding organs. Yes. Yeah. So he's he's kind of doing big area denial with explosions is his big thing. Yeah. Um, he is pretty easy. He can also do this kind of leap and stomp attack, kind of do these melee things, but he's pretty slow. Like, he's yeah. the tank boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's widely considered to be the easy boss, which is why conventional wisdom says to go east yeah, first, the, even though the, the stage is pretty hard. Yeah, the level is so much harder, so you just have to, you just have to choose which one you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, you know, it made sense to go here second with a, you know, being able to um, reflect those, uh, uh, reflect the, the bullets at this point made a really, really big difference making this doable yeah. in some of those little bullet hell areas. Yeah. Huh. Yep. So you have to go through all three of those areas that we've talked about before in order to um, unlock the south path, which is where a lot of the story kind of comes together, even if you don't realize it is. Um, yeah. And also where you can get your last nodes uh, to power it up. This place is just gated. Uh, this is a big desert. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're kind of going through these different biomes. They're all very clear and distinct, which I like. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a place that was originally inhabited by lizard people, um, and they were doing all kinds of research and manufacturing. Most of this area is uh, a factory beneath the sands um, until they kind of built this titan that took them over. Yeah. 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 I really like the um, the little tech-like option things that are floating around, uh, scanning <laughs> the ground Yep. here. Um, the above ground has no, no enemies yeah. in, in this area, which I really like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's and a, it's so a nice the, change of pace because it puts all the complexity below ground and it keeps the theming and kind of tragedy up top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because like you find you find your pink drifter here and they're collapsed and they kind of tell their story. You know, yeah. like it gives you the pictograms of their family dying and them deciding, you know, to go on this quest so that, you know, they don't die of the same thing and also so nobody else has to die of the same thing, presumably. Again, there's a little bit of a reach there, but like, you know, Pink Drifter has been a solid bro this entire time. Yeah. Yeah. He uh he might as well drift. This is his, <laughs> his you know, my family's dying. Yep. I'm a, I'm a I'm a lover, I'm a drifter, I'm a hyperlight drifter. <laughs> and I <laughs> make my loving on the run like yeah i'm 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 a loner dotty a drifter yeah Yeah. hyper light drifter Mm. 
So um, essentially, you're just going into underground areas. Yes, so it's one. It's um, one big like interconnected complex. There are a couple of different uh, elevators that give you kind of entrance to this place, um, and the, the the gating in this is pretty important. They're you know they're they're very liberal with their use of you know doors that you ha- that you can only get through if you have a certain number of modules um, at your disposal. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the underground section is this little, you know, like I said, little factory. This is Turret City. Um, <laughs> lots of uh, robots that you're fighting. Yeah. So these little uh, little robot guys that will shoot uh, three way beams at you or three uh, three bullets at you. Yeah. Um, but other than that, are just uh, just robots. <laughs> yep. Little sprite guns. Um, also, your uh, your your self destruct toasters that we mentioned before, and uh, disturbingly little embryos that, uh, yeah. that crawl after you as well. Yeah, little little flopping, little flippy <laughs> floppies. Yeah, um, uh, they do a cool thing here. Where I love the mimic. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's a that, that's a little further down. Uh, this is the uh, the summoner boss. So if you're following the, the 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 map that shows you where all the modules are, the first one, yeah, you know, one of the first ones you're likely to get to that isn't gated behind a bunch of stuff feels a little bit too easy. Yeah, you go into it, and the music changes. A door closes behind you. Like it's pretty obvious something's going to happen. Yep. Um, it's still a cool set piece, though. Yeah, uh, because there are like a bunch of bosses here. Like this is like the mini boss rush. Yeah, from here into kind of the end. Of, you know, um, this area. That's the theme, I guess, of this area. Lots yeah. of bosses. <laughs> um, so you, you pick up the little, you know, the little canister in the ground and it explodes into uh, the summoner, which is a a robot that uh, kind of floats around very smoothly and summons little tiny option robots. Yeah. To shoot at you. <laughs> yep. And he will summon more and more. And each of them has, you know, will will complicate the pattern and add more noise um, into yes. uh, into what you have to deal with. Um, they can individually be killed, uh, yeah. but it's hard to do and he will resummon them. So, yep. you know, sometimes I got some of them out of the way through collateral damage, but it's not worth focusing fire on them. Right. So just like as you're cutting a line straight through to your to your dude, you just kind of have to hope that your uh, that your projectile reflection will catch one of them um, yeah. as collateral. Uh, this the literal god, god help you if you didn't have that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I have no idea. Again, that like the way I have no idea how you're supposed to play this without these verbs that you have to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe you know? it would be uh, it, it'd be doable if you, you know, there's probably a line you can dash through them if you have yeah. that particular that particular upgrade. But yeah, no, this is uh, it feels mandatory to be able to reflect. Yeah. Like at least mandatory for like a good like I found this challenging and fun. Yes. Like this was this was my um, out of all the bosses uh, other than the last boss which took me a couple of tries. Yeah. Um, this I you know I didn't die on any bosses after the first one but I did get down to my like last hit. Yeah. Dark yeah. Souls style like oh like I kill the I have a sliver of HP and no Estus. Yeah, but the skin of your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was it was really well balanced for that but I had this full complement of verbs. Yeah. So. Uh, this guy is pretty fun. You don't have to fight all of these little mini bosses. It's necessary for an insultingly named achievement. But um, what, what is the achievement name? Uh, it's called that? Bully. Yeah. Oh, that nah, calls you a bully for killing them. It's like they're they're in the way of the modules, man. Come on. Yeah, I, I just I like what was I supposed to do instead? I need to get these modules. You're the game <laughs> that made me get all the modules. <laughs> yep. How many robots were alive when you came here yesterday? <laughs> How many do you think will be alive tomorrow? <laughs> um yeah um i love the theming of this area because there is an awful lot of amoral super science happening um like there are museum displays with the skeletons of all of the uh other uh races of animals that you've seen uh before 
uh there there are like uh like north of the summoner room there's just a uh like two tubes full of these gigantic mechanical eyes you find out that yeah, all the yeah. orc things that you've been fighting little goblins are grown here in tubes you also um it's also showing the kind of banality of that because there are desks everywhere yep like there's all this like like dead people at desk where they were doing work about this and that's yeah. a really it's a real kind of obvious expression of it but just having you know black science <laughs> next to just like somebody has to fill out the paperwork for it yeah is is cool and resonant to me yeah and also just like the the more mundane uh kind of warframe kind of guys that are you know hung up on the on, on like the racks and the hangers and stuff like throughout the world we've seen a couple of these like magitech armor things like laced about like most of the technology that either we're using or that we've encountered um dead or uh you know the, that contributed to the state of the world as, as it is right now came from here yes yeah yeah so way into it yeah um so you're, you're pretty much just following uh this, this chain of modules um you know past all this black science and running into these mini bosses um yeah. you get to the next one the archer This is is possibly the main boss of the area. Like he is the one who is guarding. He, he or she is the one who's uh, guarding the uh, the monolith that you have to raise here. But there are mm-hmm. going to be more. Like I found it relatively early in the level. But, like there were more modules to get. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, this was not the one. Uh, so I ended up only fighting three of these bosses oh, well. to get my module path. Um, and this one, I fought this one here, and then fought Reaper next. But Reaper was the last one I fought. I never fought Sorcerer. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, so the archer's fun. Uh, this is, uh, a, you know, a very nimble enemy who will uh, dash around and fire off these, you know, rapid fire arrows. The thing that makes them tricky is they will occasionally darken the screen and fire arrows up uh, that will turn into mines on the ground. And if you don't deal with those or run into them, they just, you know, very uh, cannily restrict the paths in which you can uh, dash around and avoid the attacks. Yeah. Yeah. I got I got hit by them a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, by the mines and stuff. I still made it through because at this point I was, again, arguably OP because that's the <laughs> weird difficulty curve of this game and yeah. I could just heal five times and, and be okay. But yeah. the um, I got hit by the mines an awful lot. I yeah. don't know. Does he shoot the mines? It felt like they would blow up when I was near them sometimes without touching them. He doesn't shoot them to blow them up. He he like that's how he deploys them is to is to shoot them to set them. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I felt like I would I would not always touch them and have them blow up. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I've, I have no idea. I never figured out a perfect way to deal with them besides just hoping and praying that I could dodge them effectively. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yep. Uh, you know, so th- th- is there anything more to say about the archer? No. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say about him. Yeah. Um, you get the pillar. You don't have all your, your nubs here. Actually, um, so when I got this pillar, because I did have to come back here, um, I didn't realize that you had to get all the, the, the donguses in addition to the p- pillars. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, and it's a little bit of like kind of a weird artificial way to enforce exploration, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, to make you make you get them all. Um, like, why wouldn't you have it so you have to get four of them and that opens up the boss door? Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, I just I just don't know what it necessarily added because, and it's not just me, like I've talked to other people too where like, oh, I thought I was done. I went back to the main town, nothing changed. Mm-hmm. I went on Google and it said, oh, you didn't get enough modules. Yep. And the the only way that signals it is there, you know, uh, on each of the uh, 
like that big pattern in the central town uh, at each of the extremities, there are four lights that will light up or will yeah. go out or something like it signals it that way. But like, you never want to get into that wind waker uh, kind of, you know, fail condition where if you weren't paying enough attention, you have to go back through the entire world to, uh, to yeah. get what you need to, uh, to enter the final, the final act. It's you know, you can, you can definitely see that you're missing a thing, but it just, you know, Oh, I fought the four bosses at the different places. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that seems correct. Yeah. I to mean, me, like that, that, you're, like I, I, <laughs> I, I'm probably justified in believing that because I've I've brought that assumption in from a lot of other games that I played. Yeah, I've played games before. <laughs> you know, so that that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, this is where I came back and had to like I was like why can't I move forward etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Came back and had to to do this again. Yeah. Um. So the eastern wing of this lab and factory is a little bit less um kind of dark science themed and a little bit more uh bullet heli uh the place is full of these light walls it's kind of gated in a in a, in a strange way uh a, a lot more turrets here they have uh, rocket launcher enemies uh with these bull skulls that will shoot uh not homing but seeking kind of kind of mm-hmm. things they'll curve around you and you're also dealing with a lot of uh disappearing bridges and spread shots like this is maybe not the most difficult that it gets but like they're incorporating a lot more elements than they've than they've incorporated previously in the game. Yeah, I found this really tricky. Yeah, um, you know all the the, the different uh, turret zones through here, and the introduction to the rocket launcher enemy, which I hate. Yeah, um, because it it homes on you. It homes for a very long time, and they immediately uh, introduce him. You can't reflect it. Um, you can't. They introduce him without uh, doing the game design thing of showing him in like a low risk environment. Mm-hmm. He shows up immediately while you're doing platforming. Yeah. Which is always you're going to get hit for two points, then fall into the pit for a point. Yep. Kind of no matter what. Yeah. Um, he's not introduced. He's not like introduced in a good game design way, I feel like. Um, and they, there's only like three of them in the game. Like they don't show up very often. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they uh, they are a huge pain in the dick. Yeah. Uh, dislike them. Let's talk about these two remaining uh, mini bosses. Uh, first mm-hmm. being the Reaper. Uh, quite literally, it is a robot that wears, again, a- another rice picker hat and uh, is our uh, Plague Knight, almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah throw, throws a big uh, big scythe that or spins around. Kind of... I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> um, the... <laughs> I mean, I'll let you get away with that. I got that on vinyl. I bought a little record player so I could listen to it. Oh, yeah. You told it's, me about that. How is it's it? very nice. It's like fun to like. I mean, it's still just the Shovel Knight soundtrack I could listen to anywhere. Uh-huh. It's just kind of fun to, like, pull out this, like, big, beautiful blue record. Yeah. Put it on and then just, like, listen to the first side of this thing. Yeah. yeah it's, um, it's, uh, it's the ritual, right? Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to become, like, record guy. Not, oh. like, fancy record guy because I have a shitty record player. <laughs> but what I'm into it is not the sound quality. It's this this physicality and, like, dedication. Yeah. Um, when I uh, transacted to their, their charity auction last year, um, I the the thing I bought from it had a bunch of records too that i hadn't got a chance to play hmm. so i had to listen to a bunch of things and i found out that there's one thermal song i like and i was like oh the thermals are cool and then i went <laughs> online and i'm like oh no they're not i just i just like that song <laughs> um like i, I was i was expect, I was, I was pretty excited because the the single that i have i was like this is really good yeah um and up my alley and i thought i would be way into it but then their most popular like 10 most popular songs on apple music i thought were bad yeah so Yep. No, I've I've oh. I've been tempted to do that too. I like I had one hand-me-down record player from my parents that ended up just being a real dud. Um but like I have records but most of them are just things that I bought to have signed because I don't I don't know yeah. for some reason having them sign a CD feels a little chintzy. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's, it's, it's a nice object like and that's yeah, yeah. you know 
it's a what a what a weird i wonder if people who are like futurists who predicted the rise of like digital media uh also predicted the rise of like wanting to have a you know a trophy like the kind of a, the increased value of having like you know vinyl and cassette tapes and stuff <laughs> because it is a imperfect physical inconvenient way of doing it but it has this kind of you know like i will buy it like a, a record or i will buy uh you know, I don't. I don't have a tape player, but like I'm gonna get one now because I'm on this weird, you know, kind of pretentious, <laughs> shitty hipster kick. But right. um, the uh, whether they, I won't buy like a CD though. Yeah, yeah. I need a CD. Um, you know, so I wonder if that that was ever part of the kind of forecasting for this because it's an interesting side effect that's yeah. like 100 percent a thing. Yeah. Well, um, CDs are a thing in audio uh, audiophile world. A thing that I actually learned is that uh, original PlayStations are coveted by by audiophiles because apparently the like the 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 laser the laser transfer carriage is something that provides a cleaner sound off of this digital thing oh wow Audi- audiophile is like audiophile stuff is fucking ridiculous but like i've yeah, seen I all of I these i've seen i've seen all of these just like you know beautiful beautiful stereo rigs that just sitting on top of it is that awful 1995 piece of gray plastic that's that's kind of phenomenal. I wonder if the oh, like the laptop uh, PS one, like the small one, has the same rig because I think that thing's kind of aesthetically pleasing. Oh yeah, I have or not the one that like uh, was oftentimes packed. Like you could buy the little laptop for it, but the little tiny. Oh yeah, like, yeah, the, the, like the the PS O N E. Yeah, yeah. Like the PS one. Yeah, I think that thing's really cute. Yeah, um, I kind I kind of dig that. I and you can still see find PlayStations around. I see them at thrift mm-hmm. stores all the time. Yeah, maybe that's worth uh, looking into because it's like. You know, again, I, but I'm not an audiophile. I just think it's yeah, that, huge. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Like, you would you would just need to do that for uh, you know, j- j- just because you liked that instead of having a like, having a regular CD deck on there. It would, yeah, it would just be the fun of like turning on this thing using a controller. Yeah, yeah. You know, to like start it up and everything It's just kind of novel to me. Yeah, if um, if if you got that because the CD tra- the the CD transfer carriage produced a cleaner digital signal, no, I would have no, to no. I would have to throw eggs at you, Gary. Yeah, you always as well you should. <laughs> and then you'd mention one fact about Dragon Ball, and I'd fucking dance you. <laughs> <laughs> well, then um, I would throw I would throw eggs at you, pantsless friend. Yeah, the, the Cold War continues. Um, no matter who wins in that, like it's it's a real AVP thing if we're trying to get into who deserves to be dorked out harder. Um, oh, the, the person who watched Dragon Ball when they were twelve. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, but you were also watching Mama's Family and shit. So like, let's yeah, not. I mean, I mean, let's 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 not let's not muddy the issue. We have to. Yeah. We have we have, we have to keep the things we throw eggs at each other for pure and and separated. Yeah. Otherwise, everything's going to be confused. I, I, I'm, I'm listening to this vinyl on like it's like a thirty dollar combo record player. Yeah, like it yeah. is. It no, is one hundred percent not the. Uh, but like I have it's, no uh, audiophileness. It's the yeah. It's totally the ritual. Yeah, it's it, it's the ritual. And like the the albums that I have are are, are you know like the, my my favorite ones and ones that I've like gotten signed. So like Transcendental Youth by the Mountain Goats. Like I had John John Darnielle sign that at a live show. And like if I could listen to that, I really would. Right now it's just hanging up on a wall. But you know who knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's going to be a, I can, I can imagine a life where this becomes a thing for me. Yeah. I've been digging through vinyl too at their stores when I've gone and like, it's kind <laughs> it's, of amazing. It's mostly like how, Chuck Mangione shit. Yeah. yeah it, it's so weird how, how garbage it is. Every once in a while you find like a good, like sixties band, Uh huh. you know, it's like, Oh, like here's, here's a Paul Simon record. Yeah. You know, like I have Paul Simon a lot. Yeah. Um, but mostly it's, and then so much religious media, yeah. like so much like just choral you know, you know, things like that. It's yeah. just kind of crazy how much these huge box sets of just 
you know religious yeah. music i've wasted so much time looking at the media in in, in thrift stores but like all of the uh, all of the vinyl music has been picked over and what's left is the uh, is is the music equivalent of like 70s hotel art yeah 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 i just it's, it's still fun to dig through in case i find something weird yeah but uh you know i almost bought um boy this is a long tangent i almost <laughs> bought a uh a thing about um it was a guy a record pressing of a guy testi- testifying to congress about uh the corruption of youth and it wasn't the famous like comic book one it wasn't right. that yeah there's another one but it was just like why was this put on record like i had a cover like somebody published it, it had a picture of the guy on the front and it's like, you know, my testimony to Congress uh, about the, the, the corruption of youth. Oh, you, oh could do, shit. you could do a real good, like ironic avalanches style remix with that. Well, that was the thing. I was like, it's like, how deep do I want to go? Cause I could get this and like try to cut it up or do something. But then I was like, it'd be so much easier if I just found it on YouTube. And I know. That. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like it is, uh, the, con- the convenience is not, you know what I want from this. It's the inconvenience and yeah. for something like that, I need convenience. So, uh, a sound guy who used to work at my at my day job office. Um, he really uh, he had like this collection of sound effects records. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and fun. so like you'd pick those up and look at the back, and it had like mm, let's say like twenty three tracks, and it was like seagull agitated, seagull placid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'll but, keep an eye out for that. Uh, let, let, let's walk this backward. Agitated seagull, thirty dollar <laughs> combo player, uh, shovel knight, uh, the reaper. Our, our yes. Spectre Knight friend, who uh, whose primary attack is to kind of send out this uh, this laser scythe in circular patterns. Yeah, yeah. There's not too much to him other than that, really. Yeah, um, he's hard to get close to, mm-hmm. um, and he does that area now with that. Tell me about um, the sorcerer because I did not fight the sorcerer. Okay, so the sorcerer, uh, you're really fighting against the room more than I'm not anything. A bully. What? I said I'm not a bully. Oh yeah, I'm a bully. Boy, I'm a terrible person. Um, no, so you're mostly fighting against the room in this because you can see the patterns on the floor where the where the floor is going to drop away, and as the uh, as the fight progresses, he will change the arena on you. And uh, the the main thing that he does for you or does to does to attack you is either to again do more of these disco floors or to shoot these large energy balls. So you have to kind of navigate in this harder version of the first boss fight that we talked about, the uh, the Hierophant or the Hierophant or whatever you want to say, um, you know, get close to him enough in order to do, you know, to do uh, uh, the right amount of attacks. There are very few opportunities to recharge your guns, so mm-hmm. there's not much opportunity for, for, for range combat beyond your initial clip. So yes, this is mostly like a navigation challenge. That sounds cool. Yep. I, I you know didn't. I wish I would have experienced that. I don't know. You know, I, there's something hidden or some door I didn't go through. Yeah. I mean, like if you found one of the hidden modules, there was no reason for you to go that much further beyond the Reaper. Yeah. If that was the last, yeah, module I, I wasn't. I wasn't going to collect everything. Yeah. And it just it just worked out that the sorcerer you know got me my last module for this. Um, so then once you go back to town, you can actually move forward. Yes. Yeah. So this is the story so far. This is kind of assembled. There's a 10-minute a, a video that I watched uh, for this by, uh, by a YouTube person who goes under the name Local Content. And so okay. I want to make sure that I cite this. I've stripped out some of the supposition on the back of it. 
But um, let's see here. Uh, the way this works is, so if you activate all of these, you can kind of piece the story together and uh, get the simple simple narrative. If you've activated the monoliths, your um, uh, you've seen the, you've seen these ghostly people, and you know presumably you are reading in their language. That is what you're decoding. Um, these librarians, they're an ancient race who kind of created the Titans, but then fell to them. And in the wake of their society, these new animal races, you know, took over, picked up their research and started looking at the energy source to put together some kind of, you know, super weapon, something about immortality, something related to that, um, kind of guided by, or, uh, maybe in opposition to this jackal God, you know, the, the jackal who's been luring you around. Yeah, your cosmic. Yeah, cosmic yeah, your your cosmic coyote. Um, so things went wrong, and uh, the tie between this world and the afterlife was severed. And along with this kind of perfect energy cell, uh, judgment was created. Judgment being the final boss of the game, but also this dark energy monster that is attacking you, and also kind of has infected um, all of your people. Yeah, so, and is the disease. Yes, the, yeah. the disease, yeah. So this created uh, kind of that web of energy that is over the central city and the continent. Uh, the uh, uh, local content calls this the, uh, the, the, the wellspring, and all the new people tried to you know hide the cell as Judgment raised the Titans, and the battle between the Titans and all these people either caused the areas to fall, such as with uh, the Western Forest, or uh, you know, indirectly led to the terrible situations or privation that led, you know, say, the North and the, uh, and the East to fall as well. And so... In the beginning, you know, when we see those titans come back and we see the we see the ocean of blood and we see our, our our drifter being infected, like this is the stuff that led directly up to that. And you are working in league with the jackal to try and put the cell down in order to you know stop judgment and kind of hit the reset button. Yeah, I'll buy it. Yep. Like I, you know, I, I'll watch that video. I did, I didn't watch it beforehand. I think that. Um, the this game would be we talked about the oblique storytelling and i wanted to kind of stress how oblique it is because uh, yeah. that stuff didn't come through to me no, at all no uh before you watch the video how much of that do you think that you like absorbed from um it? i got the very blurry large shapes of it the stories of what happened in each of the individual spokes was just a little bit more clear um when mm -hmm. i got to the south things got a little bit more got a little bit more clear a little bit more in focus for the meta story just because i saw that they were you know putting together these pieces and the uh, the patterns and the colors and structures looked a little bit more like this uh you know the stuff that i was seeing in the visions yeah i i mean i felt like i knew about i felt like i knew the disease yeah. kind of part of it like i was like okay this is this thing that is attacking him as a disease um a little bit about the uh you know, the origins of that, you know, I knew about this force worker that this little, uh, this little, uh, jackal mm -hmm. or your, your little buddy yeah. is, but other than that, I didn't really get it. And I think that like, it is very obscure. I don't necessarily think the game would be better with, if it was more hyper, you know, more like less liminal. I also don't think it would be worse if it wasn't really a thing either. Yeah. Like knowing what the story is doesn't it doesn't sound like an original cool story to me. No, um, no and I mean, the way that the way that it's hidden is frustrating to me. Like hiding it around 
that safer language. Yeah, not just thing. not not just in this thing you need to decode, but also you know you have to decode what you decode. This very oblique, uh, very fragmented, you know, stilted. You know, it's more just adjectives strung together to create a yeah. mood. You know, like it's, yeah, it's, it, it's mood, mood, mood all the way down. But eventually, it has to get to concrete stuff that's represented in the game. Yeah, I almost would have liked it if it didn't get to that. Yeah. You know, it reminds me a little bit of like the difference between how um, Hotline Miami 2 and Hotline Miami 1 tell their story. Yeah. Where like Hotline Miami 2 does a lot of the same things, but has a literal or has like it's very obscure, but there is a thing that's going on mm-hmm. with it that you can kind of figure out. Whereas Hotline Miami 1 is a little bit more of like a tone yeah, yeah. piece, you know, a little bit more of like a mood piece. And like it, it's, it's a little bit between those two things, I think. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's just one of those things. It's just worth noting that like. For a game like a some you know a podcast series where we like obscure storytelling and like mm-hmm. games that have this kind of stuff and we focus a lot on the story and lore and, and the Souls games, yeah. um, I don't feel particularly. I didn't feel like I was missing this. I don't feel particularly enriched for knowing it. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it's the it's the forty or seventy percent problem a little bit more. Yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, I just don't. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard for me to care. And part of it is the fact that it's ninja. You know, ninja frogs <laughs> and stuff. Like it's part of it is just like some of the stuff just seems stupid to me. Yeah. Um. You know. So moving through the end game, you get to the the, and this is uh, actually very direct, which I really love. Yes, um, this is something that like all video games could learn from is to have a quiet moment before your climax. Mm-hmm. Um, you head to the town, and you actually yeah, this little thing that you've been lighting up things for becomes an elevator. Mm-hmm. You head down, and you get to this kind of underground city that is full of like excavation gear. Yeah, it's like a it's like a dig site almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, either, you know, this is where they dug and found, you know, some of the initial technology or they've, they tried to dig as far down as they could in order to hide this thing that would ultimately end the world, um, yeah. at the bottom, you know, take your, take your pick, you know, the idea of digging too deep, the idea of like, oh shit, we've done way too much in the name of, you know, progress or science or, you know, just again, just, you know, put, put whatever paint you want on this. Yeah. But yep. you pass over these invisible bridges um, until you get to kind of this gigantic door that opens up to reveal this gigantic, corrupted, techno-organic, you know, diamond almost. Um, and when you set eyes upon this and step in, black rain starts to fall and our final boss, Judgment, uh, raises from the ground. Yes, uh, who immediately kind of cast you off and you go through a little coughing fit. Um, I bring that up because you'll do it every single time you fight this guy. <laughs> yep. Um, and you're going to fight him a lot. This is a very yeah. hard fight. It's pretty tough. Yeah. Um, they should never have made that part of it happen over and over. Yeah. Um, I just got very, very frustrated Yeah. Um, by doing that. Um, but the, the sub-boss fight, once I kind of got it, I ended up liking it. Yeah. Um, so this is this big kind of amorphous shadow, shadow man. Uh, creature, not the Shadow Man of the PS2 era, but like a different kind of Shadow Man. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, so he kind of dashes around, which you have to dodge. He's actually like, his attacks are actually very simple. They're just hard to get the hang of. Yeah. There, as far as I can tell, he has like, only has like four or something like that. He, he has, he has like four attacks and his pattern is very predictable. Not, not the patterns of the attacks because those are a little bit free floating, but like the order in which he does these discrete things is, you know, is easy to control. Yeah. 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 So he does these dashes. Um, he will kind of create these bullet hell 
uh, sprays, which, uh, man, if you can stand just maybe a couple of Tomba Withs from him and then just attack, you're going to send most of them back. That's where I did the most damage to him, actually, mm. was like just uh, bunching those uh, bunching those reflections up. Um, if you go long enough without hitting him, he'll actually stand in the center of the arena and kind of send out these Venom Spears from himself. And, uh, mm. like he'll do that, um, and like overlay them, reducing the amount of safe space that you can stand on, um, until you, until they actually do damage to them. Mm. Yeah. The, um, this was a big place, you know, my upgraded kind of shotgun was yeah, very, very yeah. useful here because you can get, uh, if you're close enough to him, um, and mixing up the, your range attacks with your melee attacks is very useful in this game. You know, yeah. kind of doing a mix while, you know, shooting people while you're close to them is good. Um, and, uh, but the, you know, the shotgun hits five times. Yeah. So it would do pretty decent damage. Mm -hmm. um, so I did pretty much what you're doing. You're talking about like doing a lot of the reflections, um, and then uh, we get close to him and hammer on him and shotgun. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that got me the most was when he would go into the corner and kind of do that wide sweeping beam. Yeah, his vomit beam. Yeah, his his huge vomit beam, which just took me a little while to figure out. Yeah, yeah. Like the 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 trick is to you know hope that you're in a good enough position, dodge toward him and get behind him. Um, and he is completely vulnerable from behind while he does that attack. Yeah. So like you yeah, just yeah. get him to start and then you have, then, then, then you have kind of carte blanche. Uh, the thing if that, it, oh, go ahead. If it was Dark Souls three, he would immediately do a reflexive attack. Behind <laughs> yeah. Him. You would just, so I'm, gl you. I'm glad that you can actually, yeah, you, you can actually get behind him and, and use your pattern recognition to get in some damage rather than having it have an instant counter. Yeah. Um, the thing that got me was he'll occasionally uh, turn the room dark and send down these four little options. Uh, it's not exactly clear what they do, but when the room lights up and uh, he pops back into the room, they will send out these cascading waves of disco floors. So you want to destroy as many of the options as you can so that uh, there's more safe room and this gives you another opportunity to get some hits in. The place where mm. this becomes very difficult is there, you know, it, he has a lot of a lot of health. So you have to recognize these patterns and really, really kind of be on point with where you're positioned in order to kind of take advantage of the weak spots that he opens up. If you if you get on the bad side of this tide, then all of a sudden mm -hmm. you're going to have to restart this thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got it eventually. Like this was not uh, for me. It wasn't like Nameless King style restarts. Like this probably took me. I probably got him on my fourth or fifth yeah if i had to guess yeah um, for me it was about like 10 or so like it was a it was a process um yeah but he's, I, he's, it's tough he's tough and he's very punishing yeah i felt great about it though like something that i think that something that was very refreshed i was kind of bracing because you know because of what what, what dark souls has done to me i was bracing for him to <laughs> to alter up his pattern in an appreciable way like add in a new attack that like okay i fought tooth and nail to get him halfway down you know in, in his health bar and then all of a sudden i have fewer resources to get used to a new thing no really all that happens as he uh, as he loses health is he just gets a little bit faster and more aggressive cycles through these things a little bit more if you can stay ahead <laughs> you know of, of of the push then you're then you're good I was certain he was going to come back as another boss. Like he was going to yeah. fall to the ground and then become like a big demon background boss thing. Yeah, yeah. And I admire the game's restraint to not do that. Mm -hmm. You know, good, like, good the, job. This fight is good and hard. Like people have, a, you know, if 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 a fight's reputation online for being like, oh, it took me forever, and all of a sudden I was so rewarded. Um, like if, if if that's any measure, like this thing is already good enough. Like it's like yeah. it's a good fight. Yeah. And, you know, there's the upping, upping the dosage of the, you know, how hard it is, yeah. is not, is not necessary. I felt very good about the balance of this. It's a good judgment. And, and, and I mentioned before, like, I loved, like, I actually liked all the bosses. Mm -hmm. 
in this game quite a bit like it's a uh, yeah yeah and they're all like pretty i mean they're they're pretty basic not in like a not like a bad way but like in a in, in a grokable way in an understandable way and like i'm mm-hmm. i'm way down for that yes absolutely yeah um and then that then we get to the uh the end game the kind of uh cutscenes here yeah um it fades away um and you destroy the gigantic heart that's suspended in the air this is like the perfect cellular cell or whatever perfect immortal cell or something it's called yeah yeah um <laughs> and uh, after you've done so um you your character dies yep whoops uh, you didn't heal whoops. yourself yeah it's just yep. uh staggering all of the uh the light bridges have gone away so then the the, the jackal kind of takes you under his wing or his paw something mm-hmm. i i'm 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 not quite sure and and leads you to uh this place that looks a lot, a lot like the you know the bonfire and statue where you woke up yeah 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 um yeah uh the jackal uh appears mm-hmm. here and then disappears kind of goes through this door um this this gigantic wellspring of energy thing that we saw in the beginning the kind of trippy visuals mm-hmm. part of it uh disappears yep. kind of dissolves and the final sequence has our drifter, instead of standing in a sea of blood, you know, surrounded by floating bodies, is standing in a blue sea and then looks behind and sees that everything is okay. The sky is clear. No titans, no uh, towers rising from the rising from the ground, um, but then starts bleeding from the gut and collapses. So his purpose served and things kind of reset. Um, he dies, you know, yeah. not, you know, not in a cavern like he actually is, but, you know, seeing kind of the fruits of his labor. And that that's him, and that's Hyperlight Drifter. I felt other than the fight part, partly because of the, you know like I I felt very I ended up like liking this a lot more than I did when I first started, like I mentioned. Yeah. Um getting to the end and seeing the actual ending, uh, I knew it was trying to pathos me and I was not being pathosed. Yeah. Like, I had a weird empty feeling about the story of this while still enjoying those last fights quite a bit, last bosses yeah. and stuff. And getting to the end where, like, you are you are in your zone, like, getting all the upgrades and dealing with the kind of... Because there is a little bit, like, I talked about the weird damage curve being a downhill, but there's a little bit of a spike at the end with more of the, the turrets, you know, when you start reflecting things back at turrets yeah. if you need to. Them being able to know that you would go to the south area last, let them go all out with it. Yeah, yeah. And it just made me, I was like, oh, this is like, I've arrived. Like, this is, you know, the, the most fun I'm having in the game with all of these verbs. Yeah. Um, and then the game kind of ends. Like, getting there was still fun. Getting kind of more powerful is more fun. But the challenge and the doing the things in different orders doesn't help it. Like, there's just those little inelegancies did make me feel like, I was like, oh, that's pretty good. But I'm not like, man, do I want to play that fucking game again? Like, it wasn't, <laughs> I didn't have that feeling for it. Yeah. Uh, even on easy, I feel like I have gotten as much as I'm going to get get out of it. What I got yeah. was very good. Um, you know, yeah. like, it was it was kind of a growing, a growing pain to, you know, meet the game on its own terms and understand that this is not, you know, strictly a Souls-like thing. You know, again, bad on us for walking into it with that kind of baggage. Yes, I, I, I should mention that, too. That's like, I don't know if I made that clear that it's my fault. <laughs> that, like I, I came into it thinking that because I, I some people led me to believe it but i also didn't it was all over the place you know and and, and that is that the, like that that is one of the big problems with uh, you know not one of the big problems it is a problem with the soul's legacy which is marketing and um kind of like emphasizing possibly the the like the wrong things 
uh, yeah. about a thing or making these large stretches, you know, to try and connect it to this, you know, successful comparison. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and just like that is that is not the game's fault. You know, that is that that is the marketing's fault and kind of the uh, the the review narrative around it. And, the you know, the things that we heard Um once I finally, you know, got up to speed, like there was a time when I was like restarting the first area and going down to easier. Where I was like, this is going to be a fucking nightmare to talk about because yeah. uh, just the, like each of the individual things, like how do you talk about this wave based arena, uh, k- kind of stuff in a, in a way that is, you know, uh, along with our show, like I was just anticipating all these problems at being a slog, but like once I met it on its terms and then got over the, got, got over the power hump, then all of a sudden it, you know, kind of became its own thing. I, I think you like have a power hump. Yeah. <laughs> So it's my finishing like, move when yeah, it comes to, power comes to sex. Yeah. Fatality. <laughs> yeah. Babality. Very good. But, um, no, but, like, the, but oh, I'm in the friendship. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you got me off my point. Uh, no, uh, um, sorry. I, I, I still think. The game is incredibly successful aesthetically. Um, it does a lot of what I want a video game to do in terms of in, in terms of mood and atmosphere, and kind of giving the uh, the the you know the barest possible trappings for you know going forward and giving me good good places to play around in the overall story. Um, yeah, who knows if that actually is is in there it, the the fact that it doesn't kind of like waste a lot of your time with it probably works in its favor you have to really dig for it that said i'm happy i'm not the person who did the digging to find out that it was just like oh science has gone too far yeah me, me i mean that's what it is it's like i it's hidden away which yep. is great it just it you know i don't feel like it adds a lot once now that i know what it is yeah or even when i you know the research i did like i didn't find a video on it like there's a whole big thing we ended up recording later than we thought today because yeah. I had a rough morning and stuff. So those stuff I planned on doing this morning was looking for YouTubes. Yeah. Didn't get a chance to. Yeah. Um, but even the stuff I had read, it's like, oh, this is not uh, firing my imagination in any real way. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is not compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, so that stuff didn't work, and the actual like mechanics of it, like it is a very good like little overhead action game. Yep. You know, like it, it just made me want like a different that segregation those in uh, inelegancies made me want a different genre for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not, uh, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, it's like very Zelda like. I don't think it's very Zelda like. No. You know, because that, you know, it doesn't really feel like that to me. Like it maybe want, you know, the, the comparison, and, and I could be alone in this, but like it felt a lot like a lot of the arenas and stuff felt like in the Gungeon to me. Mm-hmm. And it maybe want this control set with like a little roguelike thing with like these aesthetics, like toss the story, give me just <laughs> kind of like a randomly like little, you know, a little, little roguelike. Yeah. Set of this, yeah. You know, break, like break a, this down to its component component parts that can be mixed and matched, and yeah. then you know build in kind of more mechanical mystery around it. Because that's what the game does. Is it, it's really good at having these individual little modular parts, mm-hmm. um, and when it's not leaning into those, uh, it either doesn't mix them well, or it doesn't mix them at all, or it doesn't. It kind of stumbles. Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah. ended up being very glad I played it. Um, do not. I'm not in a hurry to play it again. Yep. Um, but glad we did it for the show. I like it. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, I had a, a screenshot of it as my backdrop for a little while, <laughs> which is, you know, high praise. And then now I don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it's, you know, super cool. And I'm really curious as to what this team will do next. 
Um, I hope it doesn't go the way like people were just kind of like that's that's too easy like punish me more. Yeah, no. You know, I don't I don't need the neoing of it. That's, Did you see? Uh, um, that, I mean, that's some, that, that's that's where we break with this line of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the the it's it's a tricky thing for for this show specifically and just kind of our playing plans. Like somebody uh, uh, tweeted um, Trent from um, we met in Austin. Yeah, tweeted me today where it's like this interview or this uh, this quote from an article thing on Neo where it's like. Yeah, this is the hardest Souls thing we've ever played. Like this, you know, Dark Souls does nothing to prepare us for this. This is the hardest game we've done, you know, for something. And I was like, oh, we we won't cover it, I guess. <laughs> like I have, I have no interest in that. Like I, you know, like uh, frustration is a currency, and I don't want to spend that on that. Yeah, like I ordered you know? it. Like it's coming on Tuesday. I mean, this past Tuesday when you listen to it, like it's it's on its way. Yeah, but like I'm I'm skeptical based on my based on my experience. Although I I totally spaced and didn't play the most recent demo. Like again, who knows? But yeah. like, 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 so so who knows if that is if that is a if that is journalistic hyperbole? Because one hundred percent people, like, yeah, people have talked about like oh, Dark Souls Two is the hardest is the hardest Souls ever. Like I, I mean, like in places, That's, but you know, like I, like I, maybe I, maybe yeah. you're just talking about that because that is the thing you're expected to talk about, and it articulates in an interesting way, and it's not as like you know, it's not as cock and ball torture as you're selling it as. The um the difficulty thing is super tricky. Like I want to try Neo. That doesn't mean this isn't me saying, hey, we're not going to do it. Yeah. It means that it, if it is as frustrating as the demo was, uh, and it's as frustrating as it says, like I don't want to do a large treatment on it because I don't want to commit to conquering it. No, because I don't want to have that experience of just like I'm going to die like a thousand fucking times on this thing. Get really really frustrated. Yeah, it's not what I come to these things for. We've been down that road a yeah. lot, but yeah, we don't we yeah. don't actually know what it'll be. What's interesting though about that um. Everything is different because I know people who really love this game who don't think it's hard at all. Right, right. Um, you know, I talked to people who after we did Momodora who were like, oh, Momodora was too hard. And I was like, oh, I don't <laughs> think Momodora is hard at all. Yeah. You know, so it really depends on on who you are and how you play, I guess. Wait a minute. You think that's, um, you think that's also spicy? Come on. Wait, ex- exactly. But it, it's, it's more like uh, – there's no like there's no unit for it there's like right. not like literally a scientific measurement of spiciness it's <laughs> well, not just scoville it, come on no no i mean I, i'm saying it's not like that yeah, okay, like it's yeah, not like yeah. spiciness it doesn't okay. map one to one because yeah, yeah. things can objectively be more spicy okay than I, I totally misunderstood what you were saying i thought you were saying spiciness was subjective no no no, no. I'm, I'm saying it's it's not spiciness because yeah. spiciness is not subjective yeah, there we like go. okay it's a let's shake it, hands and make up buddy yeah <laughs> the, uh, it's it's just uh it's it's just weird it's weird to be in this this golf of like the ultra challenging game golf. Yep. You know. Uh yeah. But um yeah, that's Hyperlight Drifter. I like it. Uh, <laughs> I recommend it. Um C plus. We're good. What are we uh I I I, I give it I, Oh no, I'm just uh, yeah. I, I so this is me cargo culting. Somebody said that was a thing in you talking you two to me, so I just figured yeah. I'd try that joke on for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it it's, is uh, it, 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 <laughs> it's kind of funny because I, I saw that it was on our Slack. And like the joke is never like just C plus. Uh-huh. Like it became that, but the initial joke was just kind of like, yeah, it's the highest grade I'll give it. It's above average. Like it, you know, there's more to it around <laughs> right, it. Right, yeah. So when he made that joke, it seemed really mean because <laughs> it's another context. Yeah. Well, well, I saw that joke and I was like, oh, what can we do better? Like, tell me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, you know, so, but it was just, uh, it didn't have that, that whole context. Yeah. So after this, um, ex- right after this will be the response episode, and then uh, it will either be a um, you know an off media thing, mm-hmm. um, either a comic or another top ten or something like that, or we'll start Salt and Sanctuary depending on how far we're getting it. Yep, um, that is our next big game we're covering. Yes, so uh, check that out. That is on PS4. 
that is on PC. Um, I believe those are the only is two. It? What? Is it on PC? Yeah, yeah, it's on Steam. Okay. Yeah. I did not know. Yeah, um, I fired it up to just kind of check and see if I'm, <laughs> I'm totally not doing like a like a rhyme or something. Um, the uh, interface patch has actually made the game much more playable for me. Uh, the text is readable now if you scale it up to 150%. So if you were like me, uh, that is, yeah. you know, there and not in the way anymore. That's, that's, that's useful. And playing it on PC is kind of cool because you can remap the controls. I don't know if you can do that on the PS4, um, but it is hard to get used to attacking with a square button. Hmm. Um. The, uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, the DLC came out. Have we done an episode or recorded since the DLC was announced? <sighs> the DLC for... Dark Souls 3? Oh, for Dark Souls 3. No, we haven't, actually. Yeah. Um, so that, that's been announced, um, and we know what that is. That's the Ringed City. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, uh, it's going to answer all the questions we don't have about Manus, or about the Pygmy <laughs> and Demons. <laughs> Yep. So it's it's going to answer some questions about some things that we know about. I mean, some things uh, that haven't been addressed since the first game. So, yay. Yeah, I, I, mean, <sighs> well, I don't think they need to be addressed. We'll see. I'm, yeah. I'm trying not to be pessimistic. I really yeah. didn't like Ashes of the Roundel. So that comes out in March. Mm-hmm. Um, we March. probably won't. That, our episode on that won't come out as soon as the game comes out or as soon as the DLC comes out because right, we need to right. play it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just understand that that is waiting for us and the, you know, the plan for the show is ever evolving um, as mm-hmm. things, uh, as things kind of come together. So uh, we thank you for your patience. Usually we have a little bit more certainty about, uh, about what we're going to do next at this, uh, at this time, who would have thought that the DLC would come out uh, around the time that the sequel would, uh, would have like, yeah. we, we are firmly at the point where Bloodborne two would have come out <laughs> yeah. if they were yeah. working on that. So who knows? Who knows? Um, and nothing else has been announced. Nope. Obviously, so we don't know. Don't know what up. Um, yeah, yeah, so thank you uh, very much for listening. Uh, if you have things to say about salt, duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. If you want to support us, uh, patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv is the way to do it. Cole, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Cole Ross. Um, my, uh, the, the spelling of my name is really weird. K-O-L-E-R-O-S-S. And uh, yeah. I tweet uh, little nonsensical jokes mostly and sometimes dismal things about the state of the world today. You know, so I just kind of keep you on your toes. Yeah. And I'm uh, at Gary Budge, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. And I mostly just tweet the latter. It's mostly just uh, <laughs> screaming into the void because everything is awful. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, don't don't oversell him, man. Yeah. It's, it's the, um, oh, Trump released a statement today that women in the White House need to dress like women. Oh, great. Like, I understand that's minor, but like is, how cartoonishly awful can you goddamn fucking be? Like, wait, wait, wait a minute. What the fuck? Is that an actual thing? Yeah. 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 There's no, there's no jokes anymore. We're okay. post joke Cole. Like yeah, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, no, I thought that I thought that you were being hi- hi- hyperbolic. You, something, something. You know, pe- people uh, can can take or leave this kind of stuff. Like, are jokes about this stuff and any of the observations, even with like a four or five day lead, are immediately outdated by the time we say them. So, like, it may not be like the stick to games thing that stops us from doing this. Is the fact that it, things are getting so pre- precipitously worse at such a rate that like anything we could say will immediately be irrelevant by the time people hear it yeah, Ugh. yeah. it's uh it's not gonna get me to stop commiserating about things being oh awful. no definitely not no i just uh, that, that, that yeah. is not what i was pushing for yeah. no i know i know um yeah but just like what a what a world yep um i wish i <laughs> vote titans 2020 bring them back <laughs> <laughs> uh you know t- titans judgment try not try, try not to forget the titans uh, hot pipe. <laughs>
Um, if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash duckfeetv, although why you would want to, I don't know. Oh, I know why, because we can do cool new shows with it and stuff, um, and also talk about Hot Pipe. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. I, I I did the Patreon sting earlier. If you were adding that as the, oh the thing oh I oh it. okay, I, th- I thought we I thought we missed it. Sorry, no no no. I I, I brought. Yeah. It. <laughs> All right. Well, we we got it twice. It's fine. Hop. All right.